millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to Soccer Morning on World Soccer Talk. Here's your host, Jason Davis. Good morning, everybody. Happy Monday. Yep, here we are. We are live at Soccer Morning on WorldSoccerTalk.com. You've had 33 hours to process what happened on Saturday night in Pasadena, California. I hope you're ready because today is going to be a big show and that's going to be the main topic. We've got the news. We're going to hit some big talking points here in just a minute. But Taylor Twelman will join us on this program. And I imagine we'll have a discussion about the future of the U.S. men's national team, uh, the job that the head coach is doing, the job that that the technical director is doing. And yes, that's the same person. Uh, We may also have to throw in something on the U23s because Saturday was a dark day from beginning to end for the United States men's national team program, failing to make the Olympics, at least with that opportunity. Still one more shot, but it's a much more difficult path and obviously losing to Mexico at the Rose Bowl. With a Confederations Cup berth on the line, with that little weird trophy that they handed out on the line, with the opportunity to beat Mexico, the bragging rights in the in the region, all down the drain, 3-2. to two. Let's start there. We'll do the news. Let's start there but ahead of Taylor Twelman. Mexico beating the United States 3-2 in extra time to win the first ever CONCACAF Cup and book their place to the 2017 Confederations Cup in Russia. Paul Aguilar scores the winning goal on a brilliant volley. Uh, just a couple of minutes before the end of, of extra time, giving the United States no chance to come back. Chitorito Hernandez, Arriba Peralta, scoring goals from Mexico. The two American goals from Jeff Cameron and Bobby Wood. And of course, today, right now, is mostly about Jurgen Klinsmann. He seems to be locked into the job. There's really no, no question of whether or not he's going to keep the job. But the heat has been turned up uh, immensely on him. Uh, as this team moves forward into a very uncertain period, you know things are bad when Brian Sharetta is over at American Soccer Now saying things like, the future is bleak and the cupboard is bare. This is a man who covers American players, specifically young American players, as his job, and he says the cupboard is bare. That scares me a lot. Honduras and Mexico booking their places for the 2016 Olympic Tournament with semifinal wins on Saturday, as I mentioned. 
The United States falling to Honduras 2-0. A, a debacle of a game. Just an absolute terrible game for the United States of America. Under Andy Herzog, no answers to any of the questions and bad behavior to boot. Mexico beating Canada 2-0. The United States and Canada will play for third place uh, on Tuesday with the winner going on to face Colombia uh, for a, uh, in a playoff for a spot in the Olympics. So again, it's not over for the U23s, but it's, uh, it's much more difficult now. Jurgen Klinsmann has made several changes to the national team roster ahead of Tuesday's friendly against Costa Rica at Red Bull Arena. Beasley, Beasley, Romando, Dempsey, Zussi, Wondolowski, Beckerman, and Bradley all sent home. Discarude, Wen, Shea, Andrew Wooten, and Bill Hamid added to the roster. Again, you may not even have re- realized that this was on the schedule. I mean, how many people were paying attention to the friendly after the Mexico game? We'll see what we can actually learn tomorrow night. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Tomorrow night at Rebel Arena. Germany, Poland, Albania, and Rom- Romania have qualified for the European Championships in 2016. Uh, Poland has scored, Poland scored a win over Ireland, which pushes the Republic into the playoffs. Meanwhile, Germany came back to beat Georgia 2-1 to lock their place up, and Albania beat Armenia 3-0. Albania benefiting from a, uh, an awarded three points um, early in the tournament, or early in the qualifying process, but nonetheless have qualified. Montreal beat Colorado one to nothing on Saturday in MLS play. The only MLS game on the weekend. Didier Drogba uh, scoring a free kick goal to give the Impact the win. That's his ninth goal in nine games for the Impact. To say that that man has done wonders for that team would be the understatement of the century. Montreal now has a four-point lead on Orlando in the East for the last playoff spot with two games left. A quick peek of the, a quick peek at the MLS standings shows just how tight things are. But again, four point uh, gap in the East means that uh, Orlando uh, is in big, big trouble. Uh, Montreal just needs um, just needs a couple more points in order to ensure that they um, they are going to be in the playoffs in 2015. Uh, we also have uh, NASL playoff news. The Minnesota United, uh, the Minnesota United, that's terrible. I apologize. I'm out of sorts. 33 hours. Minnesota United has joined the Cosmos and Ottawa in the postseason in the NASL. United is now three points back of Ottawa for the top spot in the fall season and just one point back of New York in the overall points table. And they have a game in hand on the Cosmos as well. Um, you've, you've obviously got New York, um, New York in uh sorry New York Ottawa Minnesota United booked into the playoffs. Meanwhile, Tampa Bay is currently holding on to the final playoff spot, but uh, there is a couple games left to go, and things are very tight in that portion of the table as well. They're only one point up on Fort Lauderdale and FC Edmonton, with Atlanta four points back, Carolina and San Antonio still in play, with very slim hopes uh, six points back of the Rowdies. In the overall table in the uh, in the NASL 2015 season. All right, so here we go. Let's just line this up again. Taylor Twelman's going to join us momentarily. We'll get his thoughts both on Saturday night, what this might mean for Jurgen Klinsmann, what it might mean for the program going forward. It's a it's a very doom and gloom day. Is there reason for hope? Does Jurgen Klinsmann have any idea of how to turn this ship around? Lots of comments from Jurgen Klinsmann in that post match uh, press conference that don't necessarily strike everyone the right way. 
a man who, instead of focusing on perhaps his mistakes in this game, uh, went back to, we wouldn't be playing in this game if it wasn't for the referees at the Gold Cup, which is just a ridiculous excuse. And even if there's some uh, truth to the fact that the referees were terrible at the Gold Cup, to put that... To use that as an excuse for why the United States reached this point and failed to reach the Confederations Cup because they lost to Mexico uh, shows you where we are with him. That he still has his supporters, unbelievably enough. Uh, but there is a lot of question now about Jurgen Klinsmann. After Taylor Twelman, you will have your opportunity to get on this program, give your opinion. We'll take your phone calls on Soccer Morning. I imagine plenty of you have, uh, have opinions of things you need to say right now. Is the cupboard bare? Is the future bleak? Is the United States regressing under Jurgen Klinsmann? Or is there a dream of a better future? Taylor Twelman, other side, Soccer Morning, WorldSoccerTalk.com. Welcome back to Soccer Morning on World Soccer Talk with Jason Davis. All right, we're back on Soccer Morning, taking stock of the U.S. loss to Mexico on Saturday night in Pasadena. Uh, Jurgen Klinsmann answering questions after that game and not giving many, uh, many answers that should fill us with hope. Uh, we'll see how Taylor Twelman uh, views this picture from ESPN. He joins us now. Hi, Taylor. Hey, what's going on? Well, I mean, is there is there another? Can you remember a time uh, when we had so much reason to be down on on this program and the future of this program? I mean, you know, in the aftermath of a loss, it it makes sense to be depressed about it. But and maybe we don't expect to to win everything, Taylor. But the the way things have gone, what happened with the U twenty threes ahead of that game, it's just a very dark period. Yeah, um, I think. I mean, I think we're being a little short-sighted if everyone forgets after the 2006 World Cup what what it was like then. I was playing at that point. Um, what it was like after the 2011 Gold Cup and the overreaction to that game. So, Jason, I, I don't think this is the first time in the last 20 years that there's all of a sudden some question marks about the U.S. national thing. Fair enough. Um, you know, obviously Jurgen Klinsmann has had uh, one cycle or, or most of one cycle, and he's going into his second here. And this is not just about Jurgen Klinsmann leading this team and trying to get wins and beating Mexico and all that normal stuff that we've seen with Bradley and Arena and before that. This is about changing the culture and moving forward and bringing a different attitude to the to the team. And I think for a lot of us, the question is whether or not we're seeing any progress in that those areas at all. Um, no, I mean those are Jurgen's words because they, you know it's interesting when we talk about pressure for the national team and pressure in this country, it's Apple. You know, I was asked this all week long while I was at the Rose Bowl and at trainings. Pressure in Mexico and around the world is external. Pressure here in the United States is internal. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is 
there was 250 media members at Mexico training on a Wednesday. There was 14 to 15 for the United States. Jason, what you just talked about, those were Jurgen's words. So ultimately, Jurgen's words and his change into the national team head coach and ultimately technical director, that's what we're going off of. That's what you're going off of. That's what everyone's going off of, of progress. Have we seen any progress? Do we see anything? Now, we've seen results. And anyone is very naive if you do not say that you haven't seen results in big games in Europe and friendlies that we didn't see previously. Jurgen's gotten that. But the way he's gotten it is what has everyone up in arms. Mm-hmm. The way he's gotten it in the sense that there's no progressive thinking on the field. They're defensive first. Possession has completely gone out the window against any kind of opponent. So I, I think that's why so many people are anti-Jurgen right now. And I think to a large part, rightfully so, because yeah. of what he's what he has told everyone that he's going to do. But anytime you analyze a coach, and I, I've done this as long as I've been uh, in the media, you also got to analyze the players. Sure. And you're going to ask me coming up here about the under-23s, L- listen, you can appoint whoever you want. You have to beat Honduras. Right. I, I, we can't sit here and say the technical director of Jurgen Klinsmann, so that's fine. As an ex-player at home against Honduras, I, I, it's mind-boggling to me. So the players, at some point, have to be discussed here. Mm. At well, some point. Uh, and that's uh, not pro-Jurgen Klinsman. That's fact. Sure. What are we talking about, Jason, when it comes to the players? Well, the, the, the question becomes, and again, the, 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 one, of the, one of the things that, that people throw out when they defend Jurgen Klinsman is they say that the, the players aren't good enough. It's not his fault, necessarily, that the players aren't good enough. I'm not sure the players are worse than they were in 2009 when Bob Bradley was in charge or 2002 when Bruce Arena was in charge but they're they're certainly a different group of players uh, who do we who where do we put the the responsibility then Taylor because is it is it all the clubs that these players are are training with is it is it our our youth programs is our you know we go, talking about going all the way back to you know all the way down to U7s and saying it starts there I mean yeah that that's stuff we have to address but is that the reason we're seeing problems now with this team Oh, I think I think it's a big part of it. And listen, my tweet yesterday after 24 hours after the loss was quite simply, if you're looking at one thing and one thing only, that's the reason why there's a gap. Jason, you have to look at everything. The United States hired Jurgen Klinsmann in 2011 for what reason? To bridge the gap. Not bridge the gap between U.S. and Mexico. And Mexico, mind you, is not a world beater. They're the same as the United States. They are a round of 16 United, uh, sorry, World Cup team. Mm-hmm. So the whole goal, in my opinion, or what I thought was, was to abridge the gap. That's not just on the shoulders of Jurgen Klinsmann. Major League Soccer has been around for 20 years, hasn't it? That's U.S. soccer. And this is why I get fired up when people say, well, Jurgen Klinsmann technical director and head coach. Who gave them it? Mm-hmm. I mean, Jason, it's not. I would have taken it. <laughs> I'm not saying Jurgen's not at fault, but um, I'm also not saying yeah. Jurgen is not "quote unquote" the problem, nor is he the solution to me. Okay. 
From day one, when he got both titles, I was against it. From day one. Right. Because you cannot ask one man to do it both. You can't. So we could sit here, and I'm not saying Jurgen's job shouldn't be addressed. It should be addressed. What title? We don't know, obviously. But to say it's simply his fault that the players didn't walk out on the field in Salt Lake City and get a result, Mm -hmm. I don't care who the coach is. And I've been there. I don't care who the coach is. Mm. You're playing for the United States. Get a result, please. I guess I guess this brings us to the question of whether or not we've lost. I mean, regardless of whether the, the talent has improved or not improved, and, and that stuff is, is difficult to pin down. I mean, people want to put this on MLS. Oh, Bradley and, and, and all these guys didn't play well, so that, that's MLS's fault. Meanwhile, Christian Nemeth scoring goals and Javinko starring for Italy. But, but I guess what I'm asking is, how have we lost what we lost? That that thing that that you know, it's it's all those intangibles, right? The thing that people always put on Americans. Well, the fitness for one thing, and maybe you can put that at Klinsman's feet. But the other thing is, you know, the 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 just the team effort and the ability to to fight and and this this spirit that that the United States has always had that that seems to have, if not gone away, certainly dissipated a bit. Yeah, I mean, one. I, I was very critical of Jurgen Klinsmann and the fitness at the World Cup, and ultimately, you know, and I've asked him that on camera. What, you know, why is Fabian Johnson consistently pulling hamstrings and Josie out the door at the World Cup? However, this U.S. Mexico game, I remind everyone, he, Jurgen only had the players for four days, yeah. and I was there. They trained once a day. That's okay. completely the opposite of what they did at the World Cup. Okay, so the fitness thing for U.S. Mexico at the Rose Bowl. I'm not putting that on Jurgen. Sure. Jurgen only had the players for four days. The World Cup, 100%. I think Jurgen mismanaged that. Of course, I do. And I think Jurgen, deep down, would maybe tweak things. He's not going to obviously say that publicly. I think he would tweak things for the World Cup. The fight, Jason, that, that's one thing that I don't, I mean, listen, I, I can. it's very difficult for me to say the players aren't going on the field trying hard. Sure. The players aren't going sure. on the field. Doing, you know, doing their best. But I think it's a very fair criticism that Brazil game in Foxborough was the first time I've ever seen 10 players on the field for Jurgen Klinsmann on one uh, on their own individual page. Yeah. I've never seen a national team play like that. However, the U.S.-Mexico game, the fight was there. I saw it all week. You okay. could see it in the experienced players' eyes and all that. I, I could see that. But again, I'm going to go back to this. And I... I don't care who the coach is. Whoever you bring in next, if you, if you want Jurgen's head, that's fine. I, they, whoever comes in next, are we ever, as a national team, going to play the elite teams and have any type of possession? Mm. That's the ultimate question. Because the Belgians, Colombians, the Portugals, the, the, the Mexico at the Rose Bowl Cup, Cup, you go up and down the Brazils, you go up and down the line of the last 18 months, the elite teams, the United States can't even get into that discussion. Mm. And I'm not talking about dominate, Jason, possession-wise. Sure. That, that, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about competing possession-wise. Yeah. What we saw Saturday night was literally deja vu all over again, God rest Yogi Berra, on Colombia, mm-hmm. Belgium, mm-hmm. Brazil, mm-hmm. Portugal, when we play those teams, great. Here we go again. Defend and hope for a set piece. 
Yeah, and you know, that that does see, I mean, I think people have this perception that that's always been the way that the U.S. has played it, and certainly there have been cases where seeding possession has been, if not part of the game plan, then something we accepted and moved on. But, you know, I saw, uh, I saw a tweet from, from Jeff Bradley yesterday. I don't know if you saw this, Taylor. He said he went back and he watched the 2010 World Cup games. Now, obviously Jeff has, you know, has a bias inherent, and he'll admit that. But he said that what he noticed is that the U.S. play, they, they may not have been, they may not have possessed the ball a lot, and they may not they, they may not have been progressive, but they played fast. When they did have the ball, they played fast. Is that something that that you think we've lost? Because I, I don't I don't see that no, right now. No, we did that in the two thousand. No, we did that in the two thousand fourteen World Cup. Okay, go back and watch the Ghana game. You know, go back and watch the first half of the Ghana game. Okay, go back and watch periods of the Portugal game. When the United States took it at Portugal, by the way, in Manaus in one hundred and two degree weather. So great, we're we're gonna go back and pick moments and all that. <laughs> and I don't care what the style is, and that's the fun. I'm in the path of listen, just embrace whatever style is successful. Sure, I'm with and you. Make that, yeah. it your best style. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Mm-hmm. It may mean at the international level, the highest level, we have to be a team that is a flat out counterattacking team. Hell, Italy freaking won won the 2006 World Cup playing that way. Mm-hmm. So who cares? Just embrace it. That's why a lot of people are up in arms, and I don't blame them. I'm in that group. When you say progressive and we're going to play attacking soccer and the product we see on the field is the exact opposite, well, then your flags are raised. Yeah. I just think, I just think, Jason, I feel as if the United States and the whole encompass of everything is status quo, mm-hmm. and, and, it, and, we're, and we're stuck. I... Listen, they got out of the group of death an amazing feat. They still got handled in the round of 16. Mm. Nothing's changed. Mm. Is it that ultimately the goal? Yeah, of course. And I guess for me, part of the, the Klinsman question comes down to, you know, look, if he was making quote-unquote progress, if we were seeing signs of something else coming out of this team, if there was a group of players uh, I, I guess as technical director, you would put it on him. Uh, okay, if there's a group of you know U17, U20 players who are showing a a different kind of soccer, and the United States was progressing, then I, I might be able to swallow, you know, not winning games we're used to winning. But I don't know. I don't see that, and we're losing to Jamaica in the in the semifinals of the Gold Cup, Taylor. That I, as a fan, I don't know why I should have to accept that loss. If the talent, if the talent of the United States is, well, producing, I never said you should. No, no, I'm not. I'm not yeah, saying you. I'm you not saying never that law. right. I think, but I think there are people out there who would make the argument. Oh well, this is just part of it. A part of the process. You just have to accept that there's going to be things like losing to Jamaica because we're, you know, when we get to 2018, everything is going to be glorious and we're going to be playing some sort of marvelous possession-based soccer. But again, I haven't seen progress in that area. Yeah, I don't. I under no circumstances am I saying you should accept being fourth place team in the gold cup, or you get no right, chance. Right. That's not what I'm saying. I'm trying to redirect and, and open the eyes of people a little bit and say, "Well, hold on here. What? what where's this going on?" It, the, the technical director and head coach job is interesting. I've been against it from day one, and I go back to that, and I think that should have been addressed. But if someone offered that to Bob Bradley or to Bruce Arena or to Bora or to anyone else that would have taken it. Well, but the, the point so, is that they would, ne- they would never offer it to those guys because 
I, I guess because and the point I, of what I'm getting at. So now all of a sudden, this is where we are. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but remind you, Jurgen got a job offer and a contract offer from the United States before the opening kickoff of the World Cup. Yeah. So there was no pressure in that World Cup. So why offer him the job? Yeah. See how the World Cup goes. See where it goes from there. So there's just a lot of things here. And, and listen, this reminds me, you asked me at the beginning, this feels pretty dull and, and low. The last few results, it's kind of like Bob in 2011, Jason. Mm-hmm. It's weird. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, Sunil Galati and U.S. Soccer have a real decision to make because what statement does it make? After the recent results, if nothing is done, what statement is that? Yeah, that's well. That's what, what, the, what statement is that? I, I think it's a it's a well, it's a statement that they painted themselves into a corner at the very least. If if it's not that, then it's that Sunil Galati is so far in the bag for Jurgen Klinsmann that literally nothing Klinsmann can do between now and twenty eighteen is going to get him fired, barring you know being one game away from being eliminated from qualifying. That's the only thing I can think of. And and that's I know. that's that's frustrating because again if I mean I I don't know I, it seems to me that and I just clicked on a link somebody just shared a story Sunil Galati to blame for the decline of the national team and, and I, you can't really argue with that necessarily if you're going to put Jurgen Klinsmann's tenure and the fact that he's got both of those jobs at Sunil Galati's feet as you should. But the whole the whole reason why I bring that up is that thinking as an ex player, I know the twenty three to thirty five guys in that locker room. Mm-hmm. If nothing is addressed before that first World Cup qualifier or nothing is done, that statement is already made to the players. And that's ultimately the only thing that matters in this case. And it doesn't matter what you think, what I think, anyone outside the room. If the statement is made to the players in the pool that this is okay and that this is status quo and we're still progressing, then they've lost the opportunity to make a statement. But, uh, Jason, I want to leave you with this, because I'm sitting here getting ready to have breakfast with Ian Dark. Okay. And I asked Ian about the world view of the United States and U.S. soccer. Think of this. He was, Jurgen Klinsmann was up for FIFA World Coach of the Year last year. I, 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 I'm, my mind boggles that there is, uh, we consistently hear people from around the world especially in Europe, say, oh, Klinsman has got them, got the United States moving in the right direction. They're playing a different brand of soccer. They're, 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 they're moving up in the world. In term- I, I, I don't understand how we're seeing things so differently here versus – it doesn't make any sense to me. No, and I, but, but that there is that viewpoint. Yeah. So is it because his name is Jurgen Klinsman and his pedigree that has everyone around the world looking at the United States differently? differently than we do. Yeah. You know, Christian Nemeth, Jovinko scoring goals mm-hmm. in World Cup in Euro qualifiers, excuse me, mm-hmm. in Europe. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't I, I don't know. Like I, yeah. I don't know because I don't live there and I don't do it, but I, I seriously was shocked when Ian told me that last night at dinner. And now after talking to you, I'm gonna ask him again and go, really, that's how the viewpoint is. That's so strange. Because that's different here. Yeah. Because US Mexico in the CONCACAF Cup that's not the United States. That's yeah. not. And you're going to lose one-offs. I mean, sure, sure. they were unbeaten in their last six. You're going to lose one-offs, sure. and that's the kind of rivalry. 
But the type of game that was, I think, has everyone up in arms. Mm. I know I, I, I'm confused mm. because I don't remember a game like that where the United States is utterly dominated in possession. Yeah. And people want to tell me it was <laughs> they were an even game or close to an even game. I, I, I was there. I watched it. I'm not sure that was the case. No, I don't think so either. Jurgen Klinsmann said as much, and it's uh, questionable <laughs> where his opinion's coming from. Uh, Taylor Twelman from ESPN. Taylor, we'll let you get to breakfast. Thank you very much for your time and your insight, man. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen, but uh, it seems as though Klinsman's going to be in charge. Yeah, I do. But, I, I, you know, let's wait and see, and hopefully, um, you know, something is addressed along the lines where the, this sport can progress. Yep, there you go. Taylor Twelman, thank you very much, Taylor. I appreciate it. Yeah. Yep, there goes Taylor Twelman. Let's take a break. When we come back, plenty of time for your phone calls. What did you make of that loss to Mexico on Saturday? What do you make of this future of the U.S. program? Soccer Morning, WorldSoccerTalk.com. Welcome back to Soccer Morning on World Soccer Talk with Jason Davis. All right, here we go. Soccer Morning on a Monday. Phone lines are now open. 646-832-3909. That's the only number you can call. Do not call any other numbers. 646-832-3909. You call any other numbers, we ban you for life. That's how that works. I mean, I'm a, how can I possibly, I'm, I'm kidding, but how can I possibly be in a forgiving mood today? How can any U.S. men's national team fan be in a forgiving mood today? Or yesterday, for that matter. I, I, I had to, de- I had to de- decouple from soccer yesterday. Jared Dubois and I did the Rabble broadcast on Saturday night. It was a fun time. I'm glad we did it. Lots of people listened. Lots of people commented. Lots of people got involved. But we lost. We lost. And to have to wake up on Sunday and deal with this doom and gloom feeling that has has begun to fall over all of American uh, American men's soccer. I mean, the women's team, thank God for the women's team. Thank you, U.S. Women's National Team, for being amazing and winning a World Cup and keeping my spirits up on some level. The men's team, you're a disaster. A disaster. I mean, look, as Taylor Twelman said, you might lose a one-off. You beat Mexico six times in a row, you're probably due to lose to Mexico. But it's the way that the game played out. It's the fact that the U23s lost to Honduras at Rio Tinto Stadium 2-0 in a game that could have gotten them to the Olympics. It's the way the United States has played consistently over the, 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 the calendar year of 2015. It's, it's Jurgen Klinsmann's inability to address his own failings, his refusal to address his own failings, his refusal to stand up and take responsibility for what is ultimately his responsibility, the performance of the men's senior team. That's why we're. That's why I'm fired up today. That's why I'm all worked up. Let's go to Vlad in New York. What's up, Vlad? 
Hey, uh, hey, Jason, how, how are you doing? Doing well, my friend. Uh, so, okay. Uh, so actually, so it's kind of funny. We've already distributed blame across you know, pretty much everyone could possibly think of. I think that's totally justifiable. Sure. Uh, but I would say I, I would kind of uh, summarize the blame, and I'll put it in uh, in order of uh, greatest to least of importance, I guess. So first, first people to blame, I say, after this weekend, I had this kind of revelation. And by the way, mind you, I haven't called back since uh, Landon Donovan was left off the roster <laughs> last year. So uh, clearly, this is uh, you know another big weekend in U.S. soccer. Um, first people to blame, I think, are the pundits. That's kind of you might you might think that's kind of like you know surprising, but I think Alejandro Moreno summarized it really nicely yesterday on ESPN. You know. Pressure. What kind of pressure okay, is Klinsman feeling? He's Vlad, feeling no Vlad, pressure. If, Vlad, if, if Mexico would have lost that game, that would have been pressure. Sure, sure. Why but would Vlad, Taylor Twelman is Vlad, part of the problem? He asks a critical question, but he doesn't continue to press them. Okay. They ask a critical question, and then they drop it. And then they drop it. And then Klinsman can give the, the the BS answer he's always been giving, and then, and then people move on, and then this happens. Okay, so you're, you're, you're criticizing. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Sure. Hold on. Let me just clarify here. When you say pundits, yes. what you mean is you're criticizing the people who are on. Reporters, ad- media. Okay, the people in front of Jurgen Klinsman asking him the questions. Yes. Okay. Yes, okay. exactly. Okay, since, since 2014, we've seen Alexi Lawless try to put on some pressure, but he's kind of been subdued by the fans because fans don't trust him. He's lost his credibility. No one takes him seriously. So that brings you to second people who are responsible. The fans. Somehow, the fans have bought into this idea to love Jurgen Klinsmann. I think, I think there's two types of fans right now in U.S. soccer. The ones that stayed up all night in 2002 that watched this national team, that remembered Landon Donovan, that remembered Bruce Arena, and the ones that came on board around 2008, 2009, 2010, these punk college kids who think that Klinsmann is going to take them to, the, like, to this group. You know, to make us the Brazilian national team who don't really get it, who don't, who don't remember what, what happened before, how we played, and, that, and they bought into the system, and they think that, and like you said, in Europe, they think that Ukrainian cleansing is the best thing ever, right? It, somehow there's a, there's a gap between the people who actually know this, the U.S. soccer team okay, okay. and the people who's the outsiders. I, I, don't, like, I don't like drawing these. They're, they're, it's... it's you're you're generalizing a bit, Vlad. Which look, we're all we're all we're all we're all frustrated here. We're all disgusted with the direction of the program. Even if you're a backer of Klinsman, you can't admit that these are good performances or good uh, results. Okay, but the right. but the question right. of the, drawing a line between people. Look, we cannot as soccer fans in a country where soccer has struggled for relevance for years and years and years. We can't start spitting on our own, Vlad. Sorry, can't do it. That's okay. Okay, okay. that's okay. Fair point. Uh, and the third person, Gulati, as Taylor Twelman uh, just uh, just said, I, why? Okay, you know, this, why give him the contract? Like, like a, you know, you're good to go until 2018 before the 2014 World Cup. And, uh, and honestly, I'm actually of a, a Russian origin. I see a lot of uh, parallels between Capellas the Capellas situation in Russia and Klinsman in the U.S. It was the same exact idea. Fortunately, they dropped Capello finally after paying an exorbitant amount of money. Well, they also ran out of money. <laughs> the, the Russians ran out of money. So. <laughs> right, right. But we're about to, too, because we're the second richest coach in the, in, the, in the world is, I think, Clinton, or like yeah. maybe third or something. He's up there, too. Yeah. So it's the same exact situation. We renewed it. We gave him a contract until 2018 before the 2014 World Cup. I don't understand that. And lastly, it's the players. The players are content. Uh, you know, Bradley keeps on defending uh, Jurgen Klinsmann because he's the proper captain. That's what he's supposed to do. And and Alphador is giving these you know politically correct statements. And, and Dempsey as well. The reality is they're happy that they're being called up. 
and they're, they're, they're like the situation. Wondolowski's happy that he's being called up. All these guys are content, and there's nothing else. I don't know that they're content. Uh, I don't know that they're content. I think, thanks for the call, Vlad. I'm going to let you go. I'm, I'm not sure contentment is the issue for the players. I think the players may be as confused as the rest of us as to what they're supposed to be doing. I mean, I don't know. I'm not in the locker room. It's very difficult to know exactly. Look, we haven't seen a mutiny. There hasn't been anything since 2013 in the Brian Strauss article. We haven't heard that the players are upset. But it, but it's, it's, it's when they go out there and play, and it seems like the, the tactical plan is lacking. And look, the, the players deserve some responsibility for their own performances. Don't get me wrong. Fabian Johnson was nowhere to be found on Saturday. What the hell was that about? Yeah, of course, the players deserve some responsibility. The question is, you can't... uh, Man. Yeah. Hey, what's up? Ray, go ahead. Jason. Uh, um, First, I just want to know, did uh, Fernando Fury get to interview uh, Tim Howard after the game? I don't know why. That's that's a joke, what you call it, because... uh, people who understand watch it in Spanish uh, last summer around 2011 will get it. No, no, I, uh, I, I know Tim. I know Tim had some pointed words after the after that Gold Cup, but I didn't. I didn't know what Fernando Fiore had to do with it. Yeah, well, he said some stuff. What's called after he made some uh, comments after the after that uh, okay. the next day. All right, but all uh, right. anyways, uh, um, uh, uh, what I would just like to say is that I think this Mexican national team has grown up. That uh, it, the fact that they did win three-two and that they didn't fold, and that Rafael Marquez really put the demons to bed with playing against the United States and didn't do anything to cost his team. Uh, and so, from a Mexican perspective, I really believe that uh, they're much closer now to becoming an elite team uh, because of the way that they handled this type of pressure. Okay. Uh, but we'll never, we won't really know until Osorio, but now coaching change with Osorio, so it's going to be a totally different, yeah. uh, uh, again, you know, with the coaching change. Yeah, we'll see what, we'll see what Osorio brings to the club. That's a, that was an, or to the team. It was officially announced he'll take over. Uh, by the way, so Juan Carlos Osorio will take over for Tuco Ferretti. Um, I, I, look, again, the United States losing to Mexico in and of itself is not, the big deal here because Mexico's a good team and, and you know on paper certainly every single player not every player but to mostly to a man they're a more talented team than the United States there's a couple of spots where the US might be able to compete but generally speaking Mexico has a more talented team they have not not most of the time been a better team than the United States and this is what I was trying to get to with with Taylor and it was kind of difficult to pin this down to 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 focus in on it what has made the United States competitive, what has made the United States one of the better teams, um, the best team in the region at various times, has not been man-for-man talent. It's been a cohesion. It's been an understanding of how to play together. It's been that spirit, and it's been the effort. And for whatever reason, right. that's not, for whatever reason those things aren't, aren't working anymore, or they're not good enough, or they're not happening. And I think for somebody who's been around this team, that's a, that's a troubling thing. Now, if you want to, if you want to believe that Klinsman's got them on some different path and that this is going to bear fruit, that's fine. But again, I remind you that this does not—it's not being bared out by the results. It is a faith issue. Have faith—that's fine. Right. But don't, but don't throw at me that he's a great coach. 
Great coaches win games. I'm sorry. He's not a great coach. He might be a great administrator. He might have a, a, a he might be a great planner. He might have some sort of, you know, building ability, but that's not, that's not showing up on the field, Ray. Right. But, uh, there, in my personal opinion, there isn't a great coach in our history outside of maybe Borat Mimic. So, uh, <laughs> and that, that, what's funny about that is Bora was the most offensive of all of them. So anyway, go ahead. Right. Exactly. And then, you know, uh, the fact is though, uh, it's been 1999 was when Donovan went in that youth tournament and, uh, yeah. we haven't developed a next Landon Donovan, you know, and if you look at a big picture of things, Landon Donovan is a very good player, our best player. And yet, if you compare him to other players in other countries, he'd be an okay player. And so, and when you look at the Olympics, uh, we failed to qualify for the Olympics in 2004. And if you look at that roster, it was loaded with American talent. Yeah. So our youth, our youth system, it struggles now and then. So you know, I don't know where to go or what to do. And if Jurgen Klinsmann's not the right man for the job, then who is? Where do you put him? Yeah. Where where are the where are the American coaches to understand how we have to develop kids here in America? Well, I don't okay. think that there's. But again, we come back. Thanks for the call, Ray. I gotta let you go. But I, we come back to the issue of Klinsmann as technical director and as head coach, and the problems that lie therein, and the problems of conflicting job, conflicting responsibilities. Klinsmann. If he's going to be the head coach, his job is to win games by whatever means necessary. If he's going to be the technical director, his job is to foster a developmental program by whatever means necessary. Those two things don't necessarily always coincide. Mark Fishkin on the line. What's up, Mark? Uh, <laughs> <happy> <laughs> <one>. <laughs> um, I want to talk, obviously, a lot of the... There's a lot of frustration about Jurgen, but but I want to talk about big players who should be stepping up in big games, and that really didn't happen Saturday night. I mean, if you had uh, if you had Jeff Cameron and Bobby Wood scoring the U.S. goals, raise your hand. I mean, Clint Dempsey and Josie Altidore were all but invisible. Uh, I don't I don't think Bradley, I don't think Josie was bad but the, I I think Josie's limitations were the team's limitations Mark because the team as Taylor Twelman said ooh, possession out the window no no shot of it and no real attempt to control the game at all and 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 that now we get into a question of whether or not that's on Klinsman or that's on the players Yeah I I think that's fair okay so I mean let's talk about who showed up I mean obviously okay. Brad showed up did did a ton of work um, Kyle Beckerman did the best of his ability to play his game and slow things down. I agree, as you said earlier, that Thad Johnson was all but invisible. Um, you know, there's a lot about game plan and there's a lot about um, you know, getting the breaks and there's a lot about work rate and even trying to possess. Uh, there was no pressure on the ball whatsoever. And as someone that's used to watching somewhat of a high-pressure team on a weekly basis, mm-hmm. the notion of screaming at the television and say, guys, go get it. Go, go actually put some pressure on the Mexicans to move the ball and possibly make an error um, was very, very, very frustrating. I don't begrudge you know, losing in overtime. I don't think anyone has an issue of you know, the loss 
as a loss. I think uh, what people are taking issue with, and you and Taylor have said it so far on the show, is the way we played, the, the utter lack of possession, the utter lack of being able to string passes together. And, you know, yes, it's hot, but it's hot for everybody on that field. And I don't know whether it was a fear factor. I don't know what it was. But this was an ugly, ugly performance on what is one of the darkest days for the men's program that I can remember, and it's been a long time. Yeah, and, and you know, again, rather, we, we just we, we want to know what's happening, what's coming next. And I think that that's part of the desperation here, Mark, is that we don't know what's coming next. And, you know, it, it's scary to fire a coach because you don't know who's coming in. You don't know how their program's going to 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 fit or their attitude is going to fit but at the same time we're used to coaches if they come to this point and they're no longer effective and they're not getting results and let's be honest Klinsman's last uh, six months have been among some of the worst we've seen in a very long time we expect that guy to go we expect him to go you, you're ter- yeah. you're not winning games you're gone and and U.S. soccer again has painted themselves into a corner they've given him the technical director position they're paying him millions of dollars and. This is the this is the moment. I mean, I don't think this is overstating it. Whether okay, it, it, there is a possibility that all this stuff comes good. So let me just say that because uh, the, the Jurgen backers will say, "Well, he's changing the culture." Okay, fine. You, if you have the faith and you believe that, okay. But this moment right now is is literally going to decide the next twenty years of American soccer, of U.S. soccer. This this moment right now, either either Klinsman gets it right and we wake up in 2018 and everything is cool and, oh, this team is, has another chance to get out of the group stage and we can actually progress and, oh, maybe there's a quarterfinal berth on the line, or it's an absolute 100% disaster, even if they qualify. And that's going yeah. to linger. And, and that's going to linger. Yeah. As you said, it's all about results. This is Jurgen's second run of four losses in five games in the last 12 months. I mean, going back to last November, lost to Columbia in London, lost to Ireland in Dublin, lost to Chile in Chile. They get a Camp Cupcake win against Panama, and then they lose to Denmark. And, yeah, we had a, a, a nice spring until we hit the Jamaican buzzsaw in the Georgia Dome. And, you know, it, it, the record counts. And, yes, he has had some good runs. And yes, we got out of a very, very tough group uh, in the World Cup. But, you know, there's so much negativity around the program and around him. And um, I know you had a caller when things were pretty bad earlier, uh, early in the year last year, that that someone said, I think he wants to get fired because (laughs) his performances have been so attractive. Like, he just wants an out. Yeah. And um, for him to call this a, a strong performance, I think, is uh, completely missing the point. Yeah. So I'm going to take my leave and uh, cheer my day up somehow. Right. But um, thanks, as always, for everything you did. I appreciate it, Mark. Mark Vishkin, go listen to Seeing Red on Backheel.com. Let's, uh, let's talk to Robert in Los Angeles. What's up, Robert? Hello, Jason. Uh, I just want to continue with uh, the U.S.-Mexico discussion. And I want to talk about... Uh, you uh, you had called earlier talking about some players are content that they're being called in because they don't want any change because they're they're older players and I've been you know I've been calling your best soccer show and soccer more in the past year since after the World Cup that there should have been uh, a do uh, younger players should have come in before and uh, as, as much as I love Nick Romano and 
Kyle Beckerman and Wando. We can't rely on them forever anymore. We, we, we should have brought in younger players after the World Cup. And they should have been in the Gold Cup. Like, I think of Australia, who took kids to the World Cup, give them experience, and then a year later, they won the Asian Cup. Yeah, no, I, I understand. I think part of the problem for U.S. soccer and for Klinsman, and this is not his fault necessarily, is that are there enough of those players getting regular playing time with their clubs to fill up, to, 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 to refresh the roster? I mean, Robert, this okay, Michael Bradley's going to play regardless. He's going to be there in 2018. Maybe you build around him. But where are the strikers who are getting regular minutes with their clubs? That, that are ready to step into this team. Don't don't give me Jordan Morris. He's a college kid. You're not turning to him as a as a regular starter for the U.S. Men's National Team. That's that's a joke. Um, where are they? Who are they? I mean, Aaron Johansson happens to be hurt right now. Okay, so that's that's unfortunate. He would be in there maybe if he wasn't hurt. But that's it. Where where's the depth? Terrence Terrence Boyd coming back from an injury. Jerome Kiesavetter too young, not getting regular minutes. Um, Julian Green not playing at all. Uh, who who else? Bobby Wood playing in the second division in Germany, doing okay. Maybe he's the guy. Maybe I mean, and that's the that that says something about the state of the program, right? The guy, the guy who scores against Mexico, the guy that you're turning to, is a second division player in Germany. Well, there's that, but just the overall team. Like I don't know. I, I want to. Yeah, I know you say we shouldn't turn to Jordan Morris. He's a college player, but if we just start pl- playing. I don't, I don't know, you know, just bringing it, I mean, I don't have the answer, I'm sorry, but right, that's, I'm just but saying that's what I'm that saying, you like, have to give youth a chance. Okay, I, I, I compl- and, and you know what, I would be, I would be, it would be easier for me to swallow these results if Jurgen Klinsmann had said, you know what, we're going to take our lumps, we're going to go with the kids, we're going to really build, really build for 2018, not just half, little bit, oh, maybe work in one player here, one player, no, we're going to go Hold on. Dempsey, thank you very much for your service. Got to see you later because we have to move on. Uh, Josie Outdoor, you haven't been doing it. I know you're only 24 years old or 25, whatever you are, but you know what? We've we got to check. We've we got to check some other guys out. Um, give me uh, Demarcus Beasley, okay? Again, thank you for your service. You were trying to retire before internationally. Let's move on. Kyle Beckerman, thank you very much. You've been excellent, but let's go and give Will Trapp a chance or Perry Kitchen a chance or. Um, there's a couple of guys in that position. Emerson Hyman, a chance. Danny I mean, Williams. Danny Williams. Okay, yeah, certainly a guy who's sort of in the middle, has some professional experiences getting regular minutes. Danny Williams, second division in, in, in England. Excuse me. So I would be, it would be easier for me to stomach where they are and how they're playing and even the style problems that they're having, the, the tactical problems that they're having, if it was a young team across the board. But right now what we're seeing is instead this half measure of, well, we – we want to bring in some young guys, but we also have to win some games. But we're not playing well with those. I mean, it's 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 the worst of all situations right now, Robert. Yes, I agree. And I'll just say I'm a one last thing before you hang up. Look, I know you have other things. I know you were saying that Brazil was the worst thing, but I don't know. I, 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 uh, earlier one, you were talking about that was the friendly in Denmark with a lot of old older players that should have been there. Like Nick Ramondo, I'm sorry, I love you, but thank you for playing. Here's your lovely parting gift. And I'll just say one more thing, Jason. Uh, this is the last thing, I promise. Uh, I try to think where we got here or how we got here, and I think of whose fault it really is. And this is Graham Duzzi's fault, really, for allowing Mexico uh, <laughs> or scoring that goal against Panama, letting Mexico into the World Cup, and <laughs> causing this whole chain of events. Yeah. So thank you very much for taking my call, Jason. Have a great Monday, or if you can. Thanks, uh, Rob. Appreciate. It. You know the thing. Look, the thing about the thing I'm thinking while I'm talking to Mark Fishkin, 
and and whether or not the no, the, the idea that Jurgen Klinsmann should should be fired or not. Let me get to Washington here in a second. Um, the, the notion of whether or not Klinsmann should be fired or not. What occurred to me was okay. Mexico has done this thing where, you know, they had terrible results in the in the in the World Cup qualifying. Again, it took the United States to bail them out. They lost to did they lose to Jamaica at home? I mean, so so on that level, maybe maybe there's some equivalency there. But the difference, I think. And while, while I can't imagine the United States changing coaches and finding a groove again the way Mexico did is the talent level and, and, and raising the talent level. And again, it's not Jurgen Klinsmann's fault that the talent level isn't world class or isn't on Mexico's level, but it is, it is his fault that he's not getting the same sort of results with the same sort of team that his predecessors did. The, the bar has been set. And if you come in behind it, you come in underneath that bar, I'm sorry you should pay the consequences. Washington, what's up? Hey, Jason. How's it going? I was wondering if you can clear something up for me. I heard there was a rumor there was a game on Saturday. Is that, <laughs> is that accurate? That the U.S. played Mexico? No, that didn't that? happen. No, no. It was, Man, we, all, we all dreamed that, Washington. Didn't happen. <laughs> Let me tell you something, man. I've been a fan. I've been a U.S. fan since birth. And, and a lot of people say that. I, I really was. I saw Paul Caligiuri score the goal against Trinidad in 1989 to qualify them for the uh, 1990 World Cup. I've been a fan ever since. And Saturday really just, it just broke my heart because that's not the way a U.S. team should play. It, it, it was all, it was all defense, defense, defense. And if the opportunity arose, we counted. If you look at how many times the ball was on the U.S. defensive end, it, it was, it was ridiculous. I was screaming at the television. The entire game, I woke up my little girl because, you know, that game, I'm in New York, so we're in the East Coast. That game ran really late. My, my wife was ticked off. I said, blame during and cleansing, honey. Said, Don't blame me. Uh, it was, I was so pissed off at the way that game was played. And and I, I don't know what it is. I don't know what what Jurgen has on Sunil. Does he have pictures with Sunil dancing with the devil or something? I, I don't know what it is that we do. Any other coach, any other coach, yeah. Bruce Arena, Bora, Bora uh, Bob Riley, any other coach would have been fired. Any other head coach would have been fired. They wouldn't have let it get this far. They would have been fired when he lost the Gold Cup, when he got eliminated. He didn't even make it to the final. Like, I, this is ridiculous. What are we waiting for? Are we waiting to not qualify for the World Cup? What is it you're waiting for? So, so, Washington Sunil believes in Jurgen Klinsmann to a fault. Jurgen Klinsmann, I, I'm, I look, Jurgen Klinsmann is a smart guy. Jurgen Klinsmann was an amazing soccer player. I don't know that that means that Jurgen Klinsmann is a great coach. Okay, and, and I think that you know there are some nuances to his to his time in Germany that get left uh, left aside. The the guy is he's a great he's a visionary. Okay, but there's a difference between being a visionary. And being the practical man who can apply that vision, if if, if Sneel Galati wants to hand Jurgen Klinsmann the keys to the to the car and say, you know, oversee our program, hire people, but even then, I have some questions about his hiring practices. Maybe, but Jurgen Klinsmann has proven no, no, Jason, no, no, because here's the problem I have. Here's the, the biggest problem I have with Jurgen Klinsmann. It's not that I, I I I'll give you the fact that perhaps he's a visionary, perhaps he has a plan. But he doesn't share it with the rest of the world. He's the J. Edgar Hoover of U.S. soccer right now. He's the 
this is my way. I don't need to explain myself. Oh, well, we lost. <laughs> we'll move on. Uh, yeah. I don't need to explain what I'm doing. This is why I, I, I am the best. My decisions rule. No. No, that's not the way it works. I, I, I'm so I was here way before Jurgen. Yeah. You were here way before Jurgen. He owes us this. He works for us. I mean, we, we might not sign his paycheck, but we're the ones that watch. We're the ones that go to games. We're the ones that have our hearts in it. Tomorrow, if he gets fired and he gets hired by uh, Bayern Munich or someone else like that, he goes back to Germany. He worries about them. He forgets all about U.S. soccer. I'm in it for the long haul. We need to get rid of him. I'm sorry, Jason. I'm, I'm no, taking out on you. No, 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 no. You're not, you're not taking out on me, uh, Washington. It's a platform here for you to rant, man. I, I got to run. I got some people waiting, but I appreciate the call. All right, take care. I'm glad man. you take had care. a chance take to care. vent. I mean, you, you know, I, I sometimes – look – Again, you can believe in Jurgen Klinsmann, but sometimes I feel like the man has hypnotized people. It's not. It's not that you want you. It's not that you can't imagine or you can't believe that there isn't a better coach. We should keep him around for that reason. That's that's fine. That's a totally legitimate, practical reason to argue for Jurgen Klinsmann to keep his job. We don't have anybody else lined up. Continuity is good. Give him a chance to work it out. Fine, but it's the it's the level that people rise to in this starry-eyed vision of what Jurgen Klinsmann is doing. I don't see that. I don't think there is any practical evidence of it. And yet people are, he's a great coach. He's done wonderful things for our program. What wonderful things? The Getting out of the group, the group stage of the World Cup, okay, fine, but that's the bar. You want to throw the group of death label on it and make it some sort of gigantic achievement whatever they be they needed a late goal to beat Ghana they get outplayed by everybody else in that group by a wide margin they go into the game against Belgium they get peppered with shots throughout requires Tim, Tim Howard standing on his head to keep them in that match that look at the games look at the performances soccer is a very there's small margins in soccer we should remember that and Clinton got the best out of those small margins Carlos you're on the air Hey, Jason. Yeah, look, I'm not even going to touch on the Jurgen Klinsmann thing. Um, the only thing I'm going to say about that is before the game, Galati, for some reason, felt the need to reiterate the fact that he said, look, regardless of what happens in this game, his job is not on the line. So, I mean, we already knew that, but the fact that he even said that, it's just kind of like, oh, God. What I want to touch on, though, is the players, which you guys kind of touched on already, but as far as Josie and Dempsey, especially Dempsey, it was painful to watch. Dempsey looked like he didn't want to run. He practically wasn't even in the game with the exception of a few chances in the second half. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, I don't even think Dempsey should play again. I mean, that was embarrassing. I, I, I don't know what happened to him. Don't know what happened to him. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, um, the, the defense is horrible. I mean, if you look at that first goal, the way Chicharito scored that goal, they had four defenders in there, and he basically had a tap in. Uh, I don't know. It's just it's beyond me. And as far as the substitutions, with the exception of Wood, why are we still calling up Wondolowski? Yeah. Why not call up someone like Agudelo, who has more agility, a little more speed? I, I don't understand what, what the strategy is. No, there's a lot of questions there. I don't, I don't know what his strategy is either. Uh, we, 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 uh, we don't know. And look, Dempsey was bad. 
Altidore was be- was was bad with the caveat. Again, both of them lacking of service. But Dempsey especially seemed to incapable of making any any dent on that game. I uh, thought Fabian Johnson. Here's the thing, though. Fabian Johnson was bad. We're not arguing for him to be left out of the team, Carlos. And, and I, I don't know. I mean, look, every, every player's allowed to have a bad day. You're not going to be excellent every single time out. But it's, ah, it's, just, it's, just, it's so maddening at this point. But here's the, here's the thing, Jason. Altidore, he's only, what, 25? I think Altidore peaked early. And I hear to say, the guy, I still have nothing against him. But Altidore hasn't had a significant game for the U.S. in years. I mean, I can't remember the last time he had a good game. The last time he was in good form was for the qualification of the 2014 World Cup in Seattle, I think. Aside from that, it's been nothing but he's just taking up space in the roster. He's not fast. He's not clinical. I don't understand why they don't give someone else a chance. Well, again, I think thanks for the call, Carlos. I think we're coming to a problem that is who steps into that fray? Who's the guy? Who's the next person in line? I mean, is Andrew Wooten the guy? Okay, fine. Now we let's give him a, an opportunity. But again, th- there's there's a lack of there's a lack of players. And again, while I, while I I think Clinton should be held accountable for the results he's gotten, while I do think that there's more available, there's more uh, success available to him than he's achieving with this team. You have to recognize that the options for him in certain places on this field are questionable at best. Now, look, he's leaving out Finney Failhaber. Now he's called up Wynn finally. He's got a, 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 well, finally. He's called him up a couple times, but not really giving him a shot, especially in meaningful games. I mean, th- there are players out there available to him, whether it's Dax McCarty or, uh, or Perry Kitchen or uh, give me another a couple of guys, you know, a couple of guys who have been iced out for whatever reason. He he has failed on that on that level, but there are other spots on this field. We have questions about whether or not there's anybody ready to step in. That's an open question. Let's talk to David in Florida. Hey, David, thanks for waiting. David, are you with me? Hello, five, four, three. Hello, there you are. Hello, Jason. Yes, sir. Go ahead. Good morning. Good morning. Um. I've listened to you for a good while. It's a pleasure to finally talk to you, though. I wish it was under better circumstances. Uh, I guess I just wanted to... I hear a lot of anger and a lot of frustration this morning, and I just... I guess I'm at the point of... I'm so discouraged. uh, Because you get the inference, or it's implied from Sunil Galati at this point, that, well, the results don't matter, and the style of play doesn't matter, and there's no accountability. And since, you know, under Klinsman, every game exists in splendid isolation. It has nothing to do with the game that came before it or after it. It, it, There's no continuity. There's no coherence. But so it's like, okay, I've invested my time, money, caring in this team for 20 years, just like a lot of people have. But if they're saying, you know, nothing really matters for the next two years, why should I invest my caring? That's a, and that's I guess a good that's, point. I, <laughs> good point. <laughs> David, there is, um, it, look, it, again, in the, in, the immediate, in the immediate aftermath of a loss, I think it's easy to be more down than is necessary or appropriate. 
I don't. Th- I don't think that the United States is suddenly become, going to become um, a, a terrible team that can't qualify for World Cups, et cetera, et cetera. What we're asking for, though, again, is for the for the success that we've established, for the level that we've established, to not regress from that. And, and I guess, I guess, if it had been sold from the very beginning, this is Jurgen Klinsmann's program. This may require. Some this may require a step back before we can move forward. There's going to be an adjustment period. Where I mean, again, he's been on the job for something like two and a half years, right? Two two years plus, or sorry, two years, four years plus. He's been on the job for four years. Yeah. And what we're what we're not seeing is having have, after having taken that step back, especially over the last calendar year, we haven't seen that step forward. We haven't seen the the growth. And again. What he did in the World Cup is notable, but it's not any different than what Bob Bradley did in the World Cup the four years before that. And so, what what are we get what are we getting out of Klinsman that is supposedly better? And if we're going to have to deal with a change, why do we also have to deal with losing games that we've tr- again? I, I'm why do I have to accept losing? Why? <laughs> I I you know I. One of the reasons I follow sports, I really like basketball, is because there's a narrative. There's a storyline. And you watch young players earning their spurs and growing into roles and older guys being phased out and the way, depending on your personnel, the coach changes his game plan and, and all these different things. And again, I just feel I'm finding it harder and harder to buy into what's going on with the team because none of it seems to... There's no cause and effect. None of it seems to matter uh, to, to what his game plan from one match to the next. I just, I, I mean, I'm certainly with you, and let me count the ways in which I am not a fan of the coach, but it's just, it's a discouragement. Yeah. I, 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 I'd really normally be so excited to see, oh, okay, what maybe he'll play win tomorrow against Costa Rica, and how will that go, and et cetera, but... I'm finding it harder and harder to, you know, invest my care because it just seems... And again, this goes this goes back to Taylor Twelman. Thanks for the call. I gotta go, uh, David. Uh, this goes back to what Taylor Twelman said about the message. Okay, now Taylor was directing that that question uh, to the context of the players and and how the players. If there's no accountability to the coach, how are the players process that? Are they are they understanding? Do they do they when they see Jurgen Klinsmann? Uh, continue to keep his job in light of this stuff, um, especially the guys who maybe are on the brink of being called in or not ready. How does that impact them? But it also matters to the fans. The message is it doesn't matter if we lose. So as David was saying, why are you going to buy in? Why are you going to give your emotional energy to this team if it doesn't matter to the powers that be that they lost to, to Jamaica or to Mexico or to anybody? Peter in Atlanta, you're on the air. Hey, Jason. I'm just going to call and be a, a little bit of positivity just because I think we probably need it. But I, I look at this as I was disappointed both in the U23s and the U.S. Miss National Team this Saturday, but this is probably the best thing that could have happened in that, like, if, say, we had won and the U23s had qualified, then there would have been no reason for Jurgen at all to tweak or change anything because it would have been, well, Everything's working. Ah, uh, okay. So well, well, yeah, and, and yes, in person, he can still just say that. But losing for a year and all of this failure, 
if it pushes him to bring in two or three new players like a Dak McCarty or a LeJet or Nagby or something, it it's better than if we would have won, then he would have just not changed anything. I, I think that we still would have, if they had managed to win that game, especially the way that that game played out, we would have been ecstatic. I would have given credit where it was due, but I think we also would have parsed that game out and said, look, it's great to beat Mexico. They did it with their old style the same way they always, uh, not even the same way, seeding even more possession, seeding even more of the game to Mexico than usual. And I think we would have addressed that. Now, that doesn't, I'm not saying we would have addressed it in the, in the way that, oh, Klinsman should be fired because they didn't play well, but they won. Um, that would have been a different tone. But I, I still think we would be looking at Klinsman and saying, where's the progress? I, I mean, I've been saying that regardless of, of, of what it is. And again, I'm going to come back to something else Taylor said, because I agree with this 100%. We have, as a soccer culture, and I'm talking about around the world, we have, uh, we have turned this idea of possession and certain kinds of soccer into we used a value judgment and created a, this scenario where the only legitimate kind of soccer is, is a certain kind of soccer. Now, is it, it you, you need better players to play attractive possession-based soccer with a lot of passing and intricate movement. Just look, look at Mexico. But it doesn't mean it's the only way to play, and it doesn't mean that you, there's not value in, in right. recognizing your own strengths and maximizing those strengths. I mean, I think we have a fundamental philosophical break in this country as to what we want to be. I want to win games. If that means we sit a little deeper and we counter and we win games, hooray. A lot of people don't care about that as much as they care about playing attractive soccer, reaching the levels of the Germans and the Spanish and, and those kind of things. So that's, that's a different thing. That's a that's part of the problem. What we're this is why so many people are behind Klinsman, despite the fact we don't see the results. Because there's this notion that the only way for us to get there is to is is to stick with him. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, that, that's all I had to say. But I think it's not a whole doom and gloom. We do have a lot of great things going going on here. So. All right. You know, I, I, look, I, the growth of the game. Th- thank you, Peter. I mean, you do. It, it is an important message. Okay, the growth of the game continues. Whether that means we're producing the players we want, or the players that are able to take us to the next level, or the players that are able to keep us as a continental power, is a different question. But the popularity of the sport is growing. And by the way, I'm putting this out there. Okay, I, I'm. I'm. There's no. No more of this world-class nonsense. Stop using the phrase world-class, okay? Because it's lost all meaning. Even the people who use it appropriately, uh, it, it, because everybody else is throwing out, oh, world-class, 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 stop doing it. Stop, okay? Oh, the United States, it, don't, don't, don't beat up Klinsman. We don't produce world-class players. No, of course we don't. That doesn't mean we should be losing to Jamaica. doesn't mean we should be failing magnificently against Mexico in the manner that we did on Saturday night. Allen in Kansas City, what's up? You know, I just I don't understand what progression that we've made since Bob Bradley's exit. Um, the, the the talent that Klinsman has supposedly sought out um, hasn't really panned out at all. Um, you know, if his starting lineup against Mexico was bringing a, a majority of players who did come from the Bob Bradley era um, as his core spine, I, I just don't I don't know what he's actually done. I mean. I love Aaron Johansson to death, but he hasn't produced anything. 
Um, we haven't seen Julian Green at all. Um, he's pretty much just a figment of, you know, most of soccer's imagination that he's a <laughs> phenomenal player, but yet yeah. he's produced nothing. Yeah. I just, I, I guess, I, I struggle with understanding what progression that we've made since Bradley's been there. And I am too sick of tired of hearing about us being able to produce world-class players. You know, in all honesty, a world-class player to me is somebody you can get behind, somebody who has strengths. Um, and it's hard for even Americans to get behind to some of our players because we don't see them play, nor do we know the history of some of the people that Clinton has brought in. Mm, yeah. Uh, you know, the, 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 the thing about Klinsman's tenure that is most frustrating to me is it is literally impossible to figure out what his direction is. He'll, he'll do one thing and you go, okay, that's sort of, I sort of get that. That's, that's part of, he's saying things and that kind of falls, and then he'll do something completely different that doesn't fall in line with what he's been saying. Or he'll backtrack on something he said before, or he'll focus on an area that doesn't, seem to have anything to do with the progression of the program. I mean, it, it very much seems like it's like a job. It's like Jurgen Klinsmann is, is a, is painting a Jackson Pollock with this team or, or this program. And that's, there's no, there's no, there's no coherence to it. There's, there's no through line. And, and I think that for, maybe that doesn't matter for Signal Galati, but I think it matters for the fans because it makes it impossible for us to go for the ride. If Klinsman had 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 done a better job of of illuminating illuminating us to his plan, and maybe he doesn't feel he needs to do this, and this is another detriment to him. I I think his complete dismissal of the American fan base and the media and our education as soccer people is is terrible. Just on a uh, in terms of his job and what he's supposed to be doing, he's not a politician, but he does have a responsibility to a fan base that is very much turning on everything he does uh, to, to not have a clear path. I mean, he doesn't have to give us a, a, a 300 page report, but he's got to give us something to go on. But let me ask one quick question to you, Jason. Um, a, a lot of what's been talked about is how well that we've done against Mexico in the past couple of years or how well we've prevailed against some European teams. I got to ask a question. Is it really us getting better or is it some of these teams just starting to fall like Spain in the world cup? like Mexico going through troubles. Yeah. Did we really beat them because we were better progression-wise, or were they just having a down year well, I, or a down I, couple I, of years? You know, and, and as thrilling as thrilling as it was beating the Dutch and the Germans, I, you got to throw that stuff out. You have to throw those things out, especially with the Dutch because of where they've been and how badly they've been playing. But those are those are friendlies, and as much as we want to build them into something, they ultimately don't matter at all, and they, they don't even encapsulate a real game environment because, again, Klinsman gets to use six substitutions. The question of, of, of effort on both sides is, is still there. I mean, what we've seen, the, the beating of Mexico, Klinsman, this is the first time Klinsman's ever lost to Mexico as a player or a coach, is that is somewhat a matter of circumstance, somewhat a matter of the United States doing what they've always done in the past, which is put together a, um, a more... I mean, that this is why it's just troubling what happened on Saturday. Because they usually are not better against Mexico, but more resolute. They weren't very resolute on, on Saturday. No, they, they, if you look at how they what they did, they basically sat back. Passes were horrible. Runs were unbelievable. I mean, it was pretty much... It was like watching Greece just sit back and then wait for that opportunity. It was boring soccer. But, but even then, even then, Alan, I got to run. But I appreciate the phone call. Even then, mm-hmm. they 
it, it, when the opportunity presented itself for them to break, for them to counter, they didn't do it, or they didn't have the runners, or they didn't have something was off. And again, I'm, I, I don't know if I'm putting that on Klinsman or the players. F- figure it out. Something was wrong. Well, they didn't even have that instinct anymore. They didn't even have the let's go, let's push, let's make something happen on the other end anymore. When they finally did, they got the goal from Bobby Wood. That's the only time I can rem- I can remember them doing something at speed. DeAndre Yedlin with a great pa- a great pass. Let's let's highlight DeAndre Yedlin, who I don't know. I thought I didn't know he had that in his repertoire. Didn't didn't know it was in there. Just so, and, and again, you know, Clint, uh, uh, Trevor's pointing out that Alejandro Bedoya being being uh, sick made a big difference and hurt them, and and it did. Okay, uh, certainly a, a smart player, a guy who knows when to leak out, a guy who, who knows how to how to to run that uh, run that attacking um, plan. But I think that the lack of the the lack of continuity over how they're going to play, what kind of team they are is what limits them when they get in that big moment and they need to play that way. So we've essentially, Klinsman seems to have essentially coached out of the United States what we were previously best at. And that would be fine if it was being replaced by something else. But I didn't see that. I'm not seeing it. Where is it? If you're going to take away what was previously the, best, the, the biggest strength of the American squad, you better replace that with a different strength. Instead, what we're seeing are weaknesses. They still have the set pieces. Thank God for that. All right, let's wrap up this edition of Soccer Morning. It's been, ah, it's been a thing. Thank you to Taylor Twelman for his appearance. We will be back tomorrow. Plenty more time to talk about this and the future of the U.S. program. USA Costa Rica tomorrow night. We'll probably hit on some more MLS results, and we'll get back into the swing of things in Europe. European qualifying, uh, finish, finishing today, right? The, the schedule finishing today and then uh, going into a, a European club week. All right. Thanks uh, very much to everybody who called in. You guys are all brilliant. I uh, love all of your opinions. If you've got Sirius XM, I suggest highly that you check out Sirius XM FC 85 for soccer morning at 11 o'clock. We'll be taking a lot of phone calls over there as well. Talk to you guys tomorrow. Later. Disappear